Do you know what is the new medical device regulation? You know, this one that everybody is talking about. So today, I will tell you exactly what it is and what are some of the changes that are happening there. And I hope that when you will hear that, you will be able to implement and start to make the transition. So, let's dig in. Hello, my name is Munir Alazuzi and I'm your host within the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. So thank you for joining me and uh, I hope uh, you'll enjoy this episode. But before to start, just wanted to check with you if you have already subscribed to this um, podcast. So it would be really great if you just subscribe and also provide some uh, rating uh, for it. So it will be really meaning the world for me. So thank you very much. Um, then what we will talk about today, it's the medical device regulation. You know, it's the one that is called the MDR 2017-745. It's really um, a new regulation that is, yeah, that is not in place now, but that everybody is talking about. And what is really important to know is the fact that this new regulation is replacing the old regulation as normal, which is called the MDD 9342EC. If you understand how the coding is made, 93 means that it was issued in 1993. So it's getting really, really old. So nearly 27 years. But then why do we need to change this regulation? So we'll look at that uh, together. Just for your information, so I also created a free mini course uh, for this um, new EU MDR 2017-745 regulation. So it's free. Uh, you can join uh, to this mini course by clicking or by going to the URL easymedicaldevice.com slash MDR. easymedicaldevice.com slash MDR. And uh, you'll have, uh, you'll participate then to a, a six-day email course. Each day you will receive an email with information that you'll have to learn. So those information have to be, are made like uh, reading information or also video or download of free documents. So the objective is really that you understand everything about the new uh, medical device regulation. And at the end, the sixth day, you will receive a link for uh, a quiz. So it's uh, 10, uh, 10 questions to answer. Um, it's not so difficult, but it's just to check that you really understood um, the basics of the EU MDR. And uh, after that, when you pass this quiz, you receive a certificate of completion. So with your name and me as your instructor. So I hope you, you'll enjoy it and also you'll share it with all your colleagues. Uh, yeah, if possible, if you can share it also in your social media, it will be really great just to, to, ha to be able also for other people to, uh, to know about it and also to participate to it. As I've said, it's free. So yeah, it's worth to uh, invest some time on it. Okay, so let's move forward now. Um, why we have this new medical device regulation? What uh, was not good with the old one? So mainly first, um, as you may know, so since 1993, uh, there is a lot of things that we are changing in terms of uh, technology. So we have uh, to understand that there is, yeah, 
some new medical devices that are coming into market, but there are there is some issues because uh, we have no regulation for some new features. Uh, for example, the 3D printing. So with the MDD, this 3D printing was considered, for example, as a custom-made device, means that every device that is made is considered as custom-made or can be considered as custom-made. But now with the MDR, it's not anymore. So you, as soon as you are using a, a 3D printing process, uh, it should not be considered as a, as a, as a custom-made uh, product. The other thing is also all about the technology related to softwares like uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, artificial intelligence. All those things are also changing the, the game and changing the, the rules in terms of, of the medical device regulations. And the last or yeah, one of the last is also about the materials. We have also some the new materials that are coming into markets uh, like the nano materials. And uh, there is no regulation also for that in terms of medical devices. So it was also important to understand, for example, that uh, if a product contains nanomaterial, its classification can also be increased. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's important. And you can say that, yeah, the, all those technologies were not arriving now. They were already here before. So why this change now? There was also another event. It was the PIP scandal. I don't know if you heard about it. So uh, it's a company um, that uh, is um, it was founded in, in 1991 in France called Poly Implant Prothèse. It's a French company. And uh, this company was selling uh, silicone gel breast implants. In 2000, the USA uh, did ban silicone breast implants uh, from their market. And PIP had a big, um, yeah, a big market share in the USA. So then they lost a lot of money because they couldn't sell any more of those products in the USA. But not only them, a lot of other competitors were in the same situation. But to get a bit more creative, uh, the founder of uh, PIP decided to exchange the raw material, so the gel that he was using, which was first a medical grade gel by a industrial grade gel, which cost less money um, for sure. So, and he was using that. So this was in 2000. And then in 2009, surgeons started to report that there is an abnormal high ruptures of um, the PIP implants. So uh, then this was the start of the, of the scandal. Uh, it, was, it had a worldwide impact, uh, so PIP was selling its products um, in Latin America, Western Europe, Australia, so nearly all over the world. And the thing is, yeah, even what, is, what can be shocking that is also even the employees of the PIP company uh, were covering the founder because maybe they didn't really understood that um, this had a really bad impact on the market or, or I don't know, I cannot judge. Yeah, for me, uh, my motto is, would I give these products to a member of my family? And for sure, in that case, I would not give anything like that to my a member of my family. But yeah, we cannot be on the head of, of everyone. What was funny also when I heard about this um, is that uh, some years later, after the scandal happened, um, uh, I discovered that uh, when I, I finished school, 
uh, I had to find some job if I can say. So uh, I discovered that I applied to work at PIP because I'm French and I'm, I was living in France. And yeah, I received a letter from them to that they, they denied my application and they refused to uh, to hire me. And I thank God at that time. I say thank you for not for for this. And I think it's destiny. But um, I, I'm happy that uh, they didn't accept my application because um, of all the scandal that happened after after that. Okay, so um, let's go now through the transition period. So um, the um, or uh, yeah, MDR 2017 uh, was published on May 25th, 2017, uh, and it had. It has a transition period of three years. So then the application of this um, medical device regulation uh, will be on May 26th, 2020. Exactly. Um, but what we didn't really understood when we heard about this transition period, we thought it was a transition period for the manufacturers. But in reality, it's a transition period for the notified bodies because there is so many uncertainties during those three years and even now that manufacturers cannot apply all the requirements of the new medical device regulation. And for those that are asking what are a notified body, so notified bodies are uh, private entities of private uh, companies accredited by the health authorities to provide the CE mark on the European um, products, on the, on the yeah, medical device products that are sold in the European Union. So this is a company that is reviewing all the files of your products, the technical documentation, also coming to your site to perform an audit and then to confirm that yes, you are qualified and you are compliant to all the, the regulation to be able to sell your products in the market. But yeah, this audit is also a sampling. So it's not like they are coming and spending 30 days, if I can say one month, uh, to review each document, each step and this and that. They are really reviewing um, on, on a sampling basis, your products. And also uh, regarding the complexity of this audit, its uh, complexity increase um, if the class of your product is high. If you have a class one, you don't even need a notified body. But if you have a class three, then your audit can be really difficult uh, because there are there is also some processes like scrutiny processes, etc. So let's not go through uh, all this uh, technical thing for now. The point with the notified bodies is the fact that before they were a lot all over the European Union and now with the increase of the requirements to be a notified body, their number will reduce a lot. The notified bodies that will be qualified for uh, the new medical device regulation uh, will be around 20 maybe or less. Uh, we don't know the numbers as of today because they are under uh, certification if I can say. But this is really more than half a reduction of the, their numbers, but we have still the same number of notify of uh, manufacturers. Sorry, this means that first come in, first um, served. If I can say so, I would really recommend if you didn't already have chosen your notified body for the for the medical device regulation to really to really uh, look for it now. Um, what is also important to understand is about uh, transition. As I've said, the transition is more for the notified bodies because they have to be qualified and accredited and um, then come to your site. But uh, there are some products that should be transitioned immediately also as of the first uh, day of applicants of the medical device regulation. I call this the hard transition 
it's all products that are classified as class one because class one doesn't need a notified body or certification so uh, as of the uh, may 26 2020 they need to be complying to the new medical device regulation so it means uh, having all their technical files ready and everything the other products are class one air so air is for reprocessing it's a new class that is appearing with the new medical device regulation then as this didn't exist before, it's new, so there is no possibility to transition other than uh, applying all the requirements by the first day of applicants of the medical device regulation. Then we have also uh, new products that are uh, coming into the game. Those new products are, yeah, it, it can be funny, but those new products have no medical purpose. So why are they medical devices? Yeah, they, they have no medical purpose, but they are nearly similar to a medical device. Um, we have, for example, contact lenses to change the color of your eyes. So the objective is that uh, as they are in, co in contact with your eyes, your cornea, they can be also affecting your health. So it's, it's important that those are also following the same regulation or the same rules in terms of uh, biocompatibility, in terms of, um, of uh, cleanliness as uh, medical devices. Some other medical devices also are uh, liposuction materials that uh, is also for aesthetic. You have also some implants that are used for aesthetic but not for, for uh, a medical purpose. There is also some brain stimulation um, equipment. So all this, which has no medical purpose, will be considered now as medical devices. If you want to look at this list, you have to go to the Annex uh, 16th of the new medical device regulation. I suppose this list can change also, maybe increase in the future, but for now we have uh, already some products that are, that are included. Then, this is mainly for the hard transition. We have also some other products or other things that, uh, to, that need to go through this hard transition, but I don't want to be uh, yeah, too technical and provide uh, more information on that. The other transition that uh, that we can consider is, is called a soft transition. So it's a transition of a product that are class 2A, I mean all the products that have a certificate. So class 2A, 2B and 3, but also the products that are class 1S, so for products class 1 that are sterile and class 1M, products that are class 1 with a measuring function because those products also need a certification. So all the products that have a certificate, a MDD certificate, can transition to the MDR as soon as their certificate expires. So it means if your certificate, for example, expires on July 26, 2021, then you are allowed to continue to sell your products in the market until this date. And after this date, you should comply to the new medical device regulation. But even for those products, there are some requirements that are coming from the MDR that they have to apply, like the post-marketing surveillance, like the registration, so uh, some, some of those things. So be careful to not just say, yeah, I'm, I'm selling those products as medical, uh, with, with my medical device directive certificate, but at the end, um, I have also to comply to, uh, to some MDR requirements. So if you have also a strategy to uh, extend some of those dates, and if you want to extend some of those dates, uh, for example, to sell your products until uh, May 26, 2025, then you have to place your products on the market. 
What does it mean? It means that you are manufacturing your product. So you are in the phase of manufacturing and you finish to manufacture them. They are packaged and ready, I can say, to be sold. Then you transition those products from your manufacturing plant to your distribution center or to your yeah, place for distribution. It means that as soon as they arrive there and they are registered, they are ready to be sold to your customers. As soon as they are ready to be sold to your customers that everybody can buy them, then they are considered to be placed on the market. They are not considered to be placed on the market if you are just having them on your storage in your manufacturing plant because they are not available. But as soon as they are transitioned to another entity or another company or some, some, yeah, some people that are uh, directly selling that to your uh, customers, then you, they are considered placed on the market. And all the products that you put uh, on those entities or distribution centers can be sold on the market until uh, May 26, 2025. So you have five years of transition um, between the, the, the implementation of the new medical device regulation until you can stop selling those products. So it's really important for your strategy to maybe build some stock in your distribution centers if you are not sure to be ready to transition to the new medical device regulation. It's also important to, to consider that, that, that point. Okay, so the, the dates I'm providing you can maybe, yeah, you can maybe think, oh, we still have time. I mean, as of now, it will be nearly one year uh, be, un, until the, the new transition, uh, the our transition period. Uh, so one year is nothing, if I can say, because uh, with all the new requirements that are asked by the new medical device regulation, it would be really challenging if you haven't even started now to, uh, to make uh, this, those changes. Also, as I've told you, notified bodies are being reduced. So imagine that your notified body is not transitioning or will not be certified or accredited for the new medical device regulation then you can lose your business in Europe, if I can say. Uh, you have um, no possibility anymore to sell your products. So the only chance you have is to already investigate if first your notified body uh, applied to be accredited for the new medical device regulation. And uh, second, to be sure to have a plan B in case uh, you don't succeed to that um, certification. Because at the end, if you cannot if, if you are looking for a new notified body, the issue will be, as I've said, that there will be less notified bodies, more manufacturers, so the market will be really saturated at one point. Also, the consultants, because to implement all those requirements, you need maybe some consultants. The market starts to be dry, from what I hear from a lot of, um, of agencies, because they are also calling me and asking me, uh, do you want to work as a consultant for the new medical device regulation? Uh, so yeah, this is also something that you have to, to, to consider. If there is no consultants to help you, then I hope your internal resources are able to, to make you move uh, to the right direction. If you haven't seen that, I will put that in the show notes. There was a KPMG report uh, that said for uh, that 80% uh, of the manufacturers didn't really understood for now the new medical device regulation, which is really, really <laughs> a problem because if they don't really understood what is the new medical device regulation, how they can apply it, how they can move forward, how they can make the transition. This can be uh, this can be a problem for them, but also can be a problem for the market. If they are the only one that are providing some products in the market, then the market uh, yeah will not receive those products. And if they are life-saving products, then uh, it can be also a problem for for the community. Uh, 
The other changes or the other um, situation is the fact that there is not only the medical device regulation that is transitioning. There are also a lot of other transition periods for, for example, the ISO 13485, which uh, moves to the version 2016. MDSAP for Canada, for example, as a 1st of January, uh, every company should be MDSAP certified or uh, have an intent to be MDSAP certified uh, and have already uh, registered for that. There is also the Brexit. So companies that are selling to UK or uh, placed in UK, they have also to think about their future uh, in terms of the medical device uh, uh, market. Uh, so all this can also be a problem for the medical device industry because uh, yeah, it's a lot of things at the same time that, are, that is happening and it can also disrupt, uh, disrupt the market. The important changes that are happening with this new medical device regulation uh, is the fact first that we are transitioning from a directive uh, to a regulation. So what are the differences? The directive is more about a legislation that every country uh, or every member state have to apply um, in or to include in their, uh, in their law. So it means that uh, as soon as the directive is published, each country has to kind of translate it or to put it in, in, their, in, their, in their system, in their law system. But for a regulation, um, as soon as it is published, it's like it's applicable as is without any translation uh, to, uh, to, the, to the country's uh, laws. So it means that you have just to take it and apply it. So this is the first, the first difference. Uh, because with the directive, there were some countries that maybe didn't apply some of the requirements because they had no no time or no resource to translate all this or to implement that, or maybe it's a political decision to not implement all the requirements for the from the NDD. Uh, but now with the, the the regulation, it's like um, you have just to take it and and uh, use it. Then the other changes are also about some of the of the procedures or processes that are included in the medical device regulation. Uh, the post-marketing surveillance is changing. Uh, it's uh, being more complicated. I'm trying still to understand some of these, its aspects by reading the medical device regulation. But to be honest, it's really difficult to read at once. So I had to spend more time to go back to different chapters and everything. So, But I'll try to, to make this, um, uh, this clearer for you in another episode. Then we have also the UDI. So the UDI was is already uh, in place in the United States, but now we have to put it in place also in, in, in Europe. Uh, there are still some um, uncertainty in terms of who will be qualified to provide the UDI number, uh, GS1 uh, or the others. Uh, there is a clause in the chapter 120, I think, of the, the directive uh, of the regulation that says that uh, if by a certain date, May something uh, next year, so 2019, uh, if there there is if there is uh, no decision made by the European Union on who will be the qualified company for providing the UDI, then it said here are three companies that will be um, that will be kind of uh, um, uh, chosen, if I can say. Then we have also technical files. So um, the difference with the MDD for regarding technical files is that in the MDD there was no kind of structure defined. It was just uh, you have to have a technical file and here is what was inside. Now there is uh, Annex 2 and Annex 3 of the medical device regulation that is providing a structure. It's like uh, a STED structure. Uh, STED is the structure uh, defined on the, on, the, um, on the group GHTF. 
so it's something that is um, more structured and it's good. It's it's looks similar as uh, not similar, but uh, it's the same strategy as what the pharma industry is using with the CTD file, where it's really structured. Then last change or one of the last, I mean, important change is also the labeling change because you will have also to maybe change the classification of your products or have new products coming with a, a new uh, new requirements. And you can change now from a, a CE marks or CE to a CE with the number of your notified body. It depends on the class of your products. So those are uh, some changes that will happen. The, the UDI also will happen, uh, will change uh, your labeling. So there are some, some of those things that are uh, that you have to think about and you have also to apply. It's why you need to perform a gap analysis. I know that a lot of people are talking about gap analysis. So what does it mean? It just means that you have to uh, take all the requirements that are on the medical device regulation. So I can understand that it's, it's a lot. And you have to test all those requirements and see if you are first applying them. And if you are not, what is your action plan to be uh, complying to, to this, uh, these requirements? So if you haven't started now, so I think it's uh, it's really critical that you are really reading this medical device regulation and starting to uh, check if you are complying to those uh, the, those requirements. Then what is also uh, important is about what are the actions that you have to do. So you have, for example, to perform this gap analysis, and then what? So some strategies I would um, I would um, maybe suggest you is to perform a portfolio optimization. Um, I'm sure that maybe on your catalog you have maybe thousands or 2,000 or 3,000 of products. And if you are making a deep analysis of those products, I'm sure that maybe 20, 30 or 40% of them are not high demanded, if I can say. The, there is not a lot of revenue made by those products. So then it's your decision, it's your strategy to think about that and see if it's worth transitioning those products to uh, the new medical device regulation or if it's, it's better to discontinue them um, because it will cost you a lot of money to make the registration of those products to make maybe also the clinical analysis that or clinic to provide the clinical data because maybe you don't have them already uh, so this is a, a decision that you have to do and with that you have then to think about as soon as you have made uh, this portfolio optimization you have to think about the budget how much will it cost to transition the rest of your of your products uh, as said before you have also to uh, look at the situation of your notified body and uh, think about the transition plan as i've said there is some products that are making a hard transition and other products that are making a soft transition so it makes more sense, for example, to start with the ones that are making a hard transition because uh, you there is no kind of uh, transition period after the first uh, the first day of application of the medical device regulation. So this is also um, something that you have to think about. Okay, so um, I hope this helped you to understand the medical device regulation. Uh, as I've said, I was not so technical and moving forward in, in too much detail in terms of um, what is this medical device regulation uh, and uh, in, in terms of changes, specific changes with each chapter, with each article, with each things. Um, but as I said to you also, you can participate to my free MDR 2017-745 uh, 
uh, where I'm uh, I'm helping you to understand all those changes in a bit more detail, not like um, a deep dive on each of the of the chapters, but uh, a high level information with what are exactly the changes in, inside the changes that I just mentioned to you. Um, so don't hesitate to go to easymedicaldevice.com slash MDR to uh, subscribe to this free mini course. And also, please don't forget to subscribe to my channel and please, please leave me a good review so I can also spread the word to all the medical device uh, community. And if you need to contact me, uh, so you can go to, um, to my uh, LinkedIn account. So um, just um, tap the name Munir El Azuzi and, uh, and connect with me and uh, I will be really happy to, to connect with you also. Uh, or go to easymedicaldevice.com and you can uh, see uh, all my uh, social media contacts if you want to also follow me uh, in my YouTube channel or in uh, Twitter where I'm also providing uh, information. Uh, but all those information will be uh, seen on the show notes of this episode. So um, you have just to go there and you'll see, you'll see all, the, all the links. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode, like I enjoyed it. It was my first episode after uh, my introduction. And uh, yeah, so um, I see you then on the next episode. So thank you very much and uh, goodbye.